Rub Chat. Michael Jackson, MJ. Let's party. Never Never Land. Mode hates when I start running levels. <laughs> You're like, oh, let me. I'm not the, the, the best here. level runner, but back on Rump Chat, um, we are here with another sound man uh, that's a friend of mine, a great friend of mine. We've got to know each other really well and do a lot of cool events. Thanks, Justin, yeah. And I feel like I'm uh, bummed that Hammond can't be on today. Dude, me too. But since we I... have another sound man, it kind of fills the void a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. But, I'm uh, just trying to live up to Hambone. I got you. We I love Hambone. I do, too. I wish he was here. I know, right? So he used to actually work the bucking ball. Yeah, actually, he's the one. He couldn't make it for whatever reason one year and was like, hey, you want to go? I was like, yeah, shit, I'll go. Well, the, so. only, the only thing about it is it's hard when it's the last week, you know, on New Year's Eve. And, and it's right after Christmas. Right after so, Christmas. And, and for, for me to drive is, is a lot easier for him to fly from Texas yeah. and leave his family. So. But he's here it. with me today, the great, from Great Falls, Mon- at Columbia, uh, Columbia Falls, Falls Montana, yeah. not Great Falls. That's okay. It's yeah, close. about messed up. Uh, PBR music director, PRCA music director, all around cool dude. Everybody loves Brad Narducci. You can't hear it, but there's people in here applauding. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And thank Brad, you. you've been on every rodeo podcast. This is your first time on Rump Chat. <sighs> I made like three You made different- the rounds. Well, and, and I've been trying to get on Rump Chat for a long time. I made some fake uh, Facebook profiles. I made some fake emails. I've been emailing you guys, messaging you guys, trying to get on. And I'm glad to see that it's finally paid off. I know, right? Finally paid off. I was sitting here this morning, and uh, I have all my recording stuff, and we are at the Great Holiday Inn. Beautiful. In Gillette, Wyoming. Beautiful. (laughs) It's actually a nice hotel. It's not bad. It's not bad. You know, when you think about sometimes at rodeos when they put you up in a hotel, it may not always be top-notch. Yeah. I've been in some shitty ones. You know what? Let's talk about that to start off with. Rodeo and for a living, PBR and for a living, mm-hmm. and you uh, you don't have the truck and trailer, so you were straight up dependent. Well, and yeah, I'm I'm probably the only music director in the PBR and or PRCA that doesn't own a sound system, and I'm not proud of that. Like it's just how it's worked out. So like the places I go are strictly plug and play, so I'm very dependent, like you said on. On getting a hotel, making sure they have a sound system. Like, I'm, did you ever think about getting a sound system when you first got in the? In the I had one. I had one. Did you really? It wasn't a very good one, but I had one. And uh, I remember I was hauling it, and I would haul it to some rodeos, and then I didn't need it. When I first started pro rodeo, and I worked for. Well, let's back it up. Okay, go ahead. Like from when you first started, because you came on the scene very fast. I did. I did. Um, and nobody knew you at first. I was like, man, this guy. There's there's Brad. He's from Montana, and. 
And like just out of nowhere, you just emerged onto the scene. Just showed up. I had some lucky breaks. Um, when I first started, I wanted to be an announcer. That's what I wanted to do. And that happened by accident. I was 18 years old, and I was at a bull riding, and I used to haul. I wanted to be a stock contractor. I love stock. Like yeah. that, was my, that was my shit. I wanted to be a stock contractor. Well, I showed up to a bull riding one time. I was working with a friend of mine, and uh, he had bulls there. It was Matt Triplett's dad, Pat Triplett. And he came up to me like 15 minutes before the bull riding started, and he said, the announcer didn't show up. I'm like, oh, fuck. What are we going to do? Load your shot. Load these bulls back up? Like, we can't have a show. And he said, get up there and announce. I'm like, fuck you. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't. Like, I didn't. Like, I was always in, in a little bit, though, in the back of your mind, where you're like, yeah, this is the, I do want to do this. Like, be honest. So the week before, I had been talking, I was talking smack about the announcer that they had, and I went, I can do that. Like, that's easy. You know, I could do that. Bullshit. It's hard. Like, in, in the first one, I was terrible. He he was like, hey, just get up there and tell him we're 15 minutes away from starting. I go, we're 15 minutes away from starting. You, didn't, you didn't hit him with a, all right, everybody, we're thank you oh. all for coming out tonight, but we're 15 minutes away. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to do any of that. So. You weren't enough around announcers oh. to have your announcer voice. I had no music. I, the guy the guy there had had the sound system at this. It was like a resort bull riding, and it was at a private ranch, and uh he had the speakers, but he had a little CD player. The music I had was Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. No shit. My hot song was Cheeseburger in Paradise. <laughs> like, that's no shit. <laughs> we didn't have an anthem singer, so I had to stand up there, and they're like, sing the anthem. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not doing it. So we stood up there and did the Pledge of Allegiance. Instead, instead of the national anthem. Yes, and it was oh, it was awful. And I got, I got through the bull riding, and uh, afterwards... He paid me, and I remember he paid me 40 bucks. And I went, shit, I just made 40 bucks. He paid you 40 bucks? 40 bucks. And then, you know. How long was the rodeo? It was 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 a two-hour show. Okay, hold on a second here. So this is how it started off. Wait, no, this is the wrong one. Because in my mind, I just, I want to experience this. It was so bad. I was so terrible. Did you not think, you know what, why not? I'm just going to bail into this balls out, like, whatever. I can say or do whatever I want because there's no way I can be fired. I tried. I mean, I I, I damn sure tried. I just, it's it's amazing how hard it actually is when you're there in that situation. Okay, so this was the hot song right here. <laughs> Try to announce it now, knowing what you do. I don't, I don't even know. I mean... Yeah, this this was it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about 15 minutes away. Hey, Wait, uh, no, hold on. We're one song away. It starts moments from right now. So get yourself a cheeseburger. <laughs> cheeseburger in paradise. And that's all I had the whole time. So, I mean, I just put it on, like, repeat. Where was this rodeo at? West Glacier, Montana. Really? Yep. And it was, it was at the Mule Shoe Ranch. And it was really nice. Actually, it was a really nice place to have a bull riding, but... I was awful, and and so I I did that one, and he paid me. He gave me forty bucks in a check, and he said, "I just want to tell you something." And I was like, "Yeah." He said, "You're the worst announcer I've ever heard." I said, "Fucking perfect. I don't want to be an announcer." Good. And he said, "Come back next week." Like, See right. what the hell? What that's a weird. That's like a weird old man thing to say, isn't I it? No, I don't know. I, I guess he just saw something in me, and so I came back the next week, but I had my iPod. And shit was different. You just you just 
laid out your age right there. Boom. Your iPod. Oh, it was was the it the iPod. circle screen? No, iPod? it was it was the like the small rectangular one. Courtney bought it for me for Christmas one year. And uh I brought that and I remember I was playing like down with the sickness and some A C D C and I went Did you put together a playlist? I did, I did. And it had about like eighteen songs on it. But I took it to the next level, right? Right. And then I, I downloaded a national anthem back on download on LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? No. Is that illegal? <laughs> it was like Napster. Yes, it was illegal. <laughs> Highly illegal. So I got like a national anthem and man, I remember that next one. I was like, fucking, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. And I was I was better, but I was still terrible. Did you have a job at the time? Like- I did. I did. I worked at a, uh, a local automotive repair shop, and I was basically a, like a shop helper. I'd help the mechanics and shit and clean the shops. I was the shop bitch. Let's not right. Let's not try and church it up, Joe Dirt. When you were uh, shop bitching it up, though, yeah. In the back of your mind, when you got your first kind of break where you said come back and you went back to that shop, were you out there like, all right, I t- like, I t- all week I'm going to think about my next rodeo. And that's exactly what I did. And I watched a lot of rodeos like in between that, that, that week. It was a weekly deal, so I had like a whole summer. It's to like get... Big Timber, Montana. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like every it was every Wednesday or some shit. But it was cool because I had beer money. You know, like being that age, forty bucks would get you a, a thirty rack and a bottle of Black Velvet. <laughs> yeah. Black Velvet, Keystone Light, and Black Velvet. Oh God, Keystone Light's still. But good. when you're young, you didn't have heartburn, so you could definitely do. You Black could do Velvet. the whole thing and not even be hungover. Now it's like I have. Two beers, and I need a bottle of Pedialyte to, to get through the <laughs> I've got day. two bottles of my refrigerators. I might see. need one, yeah. But, I mean, like, when you're when you're a young guy and you're starting off in the rodeo and you you want a rodeo and you want to get your foot in there. Because I, I can remember that, too, like, when I wasn't clowning when I first wanted to clown. And then during the week, I'd just be thinking of all the shit I need to do once yeah. I get to the rodeo. That's, that's how it was for me. Like, I, I was mentally preparing throughout the week what I was going to do, what I was going to say. And anyway, so like I do that for a whole summer and I'm, I don't know, eight. Yeah, I'm 18 years old, fresh, fresh out of high school, just started college. Well, I remember I needed a laptop for college and I couldn't afford one. So my grandpa bought me a, bought me a laptop. Well, it was supposed to be used for college, but I found out like all the music guys use Sports Sound Pro. Right. <laughs> so I spent the. How did you figure that out? Like, who was your uh, who was your go to guy that you kind of got some of the inside shit from? You know, there was like three of them. I, I followed Hambone obviously a lot. Uh, Richard Jones was was good to me, and so was Mark Stevenson. And uh, I figured out what they used. I bought the program, which is stupid because is it expensive? One hundred and fifty bucks. That's cheap as shit. But they give you they give you a download code, right? So they give you a code, and you you're able to access the program. But that code floats around everybody. You can text any music director right now and say, "Hey, I need a Sports Sound Pro code," and they'll send you one, and it works. But anyway, so I bought it, started uh, illegally downloading music off a of LimeWire. Everybody did that. Everybody did it. Everybody did it. And what was hilarious is some of those tracks on LimeWire. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. But, like, you would play a song or you download, like, just take, for instance, any song, right? And you'd click on it, and it would say, bam, bam. Justin just broke his chair. Oh, it's good. Uh, this MP3 download is illegal. And so <laughs> I downloaded a national anthem one time, and it was, I don't even remember who was singing it. Maybe Ricochet, what I looked up on LimeWire. And I was at a rodeo, announcing a rodeo, and I go, and, th- and now please stand for our national anthem. And I play it, and it goes, bam. 
this MP3 download is illegal. Oh, sold you out. I went through that kind of shit, man. You know, I guess like everybody did, but um, when I got that laptop in college and started downloading music, I figured out like how effective music could be and how much better it makes a performance, right? A youth pastor of mine at that time was the best DJ in the Flathead Valley. Kalispell, Columbia Falls, Whitefish. So I asked him, I said, hey, can I can I just go, like, DJ with you? And he said, yeah, yeah, come on. So there I am, 18, 19 years old, inside bars with my youth pastor, DJing. Wow, now that, that is a... <laughs> it's a weird, yeah, it's weird. Um, he was cool, though. He taught me a lot about sound systems, about music, about what works, what doesn't work, how to read a crowd. And I think that's what made me pretty effective is uh, the ability to read a crowd and I, I learned that through the course of DJing parties. Well, that's, I mean, that's in anything in, in the live entertainment business. Right. But it's not something, it's not something that you can learn fast. Like, you can't read a book about, you know, live entertainment as I pull off this broken piece of my chair. It's broken, yeah. But, I mean, you have to learn it through doing it. Trial and error, right? Trial and error. It, it's much like what you do, being a clown, like, you don't know if, this is going to work until you try it. Yeah. Right? And I think that's why a lot of, like, when people go, well, them rodeo clowns, they do the same stuff a lot. Well, when you figure something that works. It works. It works. Yeah. And you're, you know, like, yep. when you're in Gillette versus being in Lafayette, Louisiana, you know. I mean, yep. It's- yep. It, because you figure out what works. And that and that's the same thing as, as playing music is, I know that You Shook Me All Night Long is probably the greatest rock song of all time for live events. I know it's going to work in California. It's going to work in New York. It's going to work in Montana. It's going to work in Texas. You yeah, ACDC is universal. Fuck around. That's the. So, I, had a, I had a debate on that one time. Really? The greatest rock band. Oh, of you all put time. that on a on. You put several deals on Facebook. So let's go over those. Yeah. Okay. Greatest rock band of all time. I know that you're going to say probably Guns and Roses. Um. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of or the Crew. I'm kind of I, I I'm always at a. Mix up because Guns N' Roses was my first love, of course. You know, but Motley Crue, of course, is. I got a Motley Crue. I got uh, a Motley Crue cassette. Cassette at a truck stop when I was oh, younger. Showing you know? your age. <laughs> yeah, showing your age, bro. But I mean, no matter how old you get, um, when you when you think about music overall, you can't. When you hear one of those classic rodeo songs, yes, it. It just makes everything better. And it doesn't get old. You know, the old appetite for destruction. You know, okay, here we go. Feed it to me. Night Train. One of the best songs ever. You can't beat it. So my argument with greatest rock bands of all time, and you're probably one of the only guys that could probably beat it, I could name you more ACDC songs than I can Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue. Really? How many AC, ACDC songs can you tell me right now? Oh, man. Back in Black, You Shook Me All Night Long, Black Ice, um, Long Way to the Top, Have a Drink on Me. Oh, I like Have a Drink on Me. Stiff Upper Lip, Dirty Deeds. I, can, I mean, I can keep going. Big Balls. Big Balls. Uh, big Guns. Would you say that if... Uh, Sink the Pink... Which I love to do, by the way. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Uh, so when you when you, in your early days of rodeoing, would you go to your songs? Because I think sometimes when people are like, "Well, this guy plays this or this," but at the end of the day, I don't care who you are as a sound person. Right. You have you play your songs that you like first. I mean, is that right? No, because if you love ACDC and you're in a spot where you need to play something, you have your go tos. Every everybody has yeah. their go tos, right? And and they all vary, like. Hambone, Benji, me, Richard, Jill—we're all going to have different go-to's, right? Because we're just—we're just—we have different styles. All of us have different approaches to how we do that, right? So there's your different go-to's. But yeah, you shook me all night long. That's—that's. I—I that's, save that one in my back pocket for a moment where, you know, it's the second to last bull rider, and this bull just tries to jump out of the chute, and the guy has to re-pull. Right. I know I need to bring some shit. Right. And I'll bring that. Like, I, so when you first started doing that, would what was your like did, when you got pro sport sound, yeah, and started making pages. Oh shit! I remember I had sat at home by yourself at like three in the morning. You're in oh, your underwear. This is gonna be badass. Like man, I'm gonna rock this motherfucker. Yep. That's how it was, and and I remember I had like four or five pages set up, which isn't, I mean, isn't nothing, but sitting there going, holy shit! Like I have something. I'm onto something here, and that's when I really got involved. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was still trying to announce. That I was making the transition, like from being an announcer to. I think you'd be a great announcer. I don't know I, where I, that went wrong. I, I st- well, and, and and here's the here's the whole thing with it, Justin. Like I I still I do I announce a few bull ridings every year, just out of sheer necessity to do it. Um, I don't pursue it like I do music. Being an announcer, that's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. I would think that one thing that would be so hard. Is sponsor reads. Sponsor reads. You got to make sure you hit sponsor reads. You got to make sure your homework's done. You got to, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of prior prep work that goes into announcing. Right. And what always feared me is screwing up like a clown act. Like, holy shit, like, don't mess this up. I would hate to screw something up. And I think the fear of me screwing up was outweighed by the fun I had with doing music. Right. There's no pressure with music. Like, yeah, I still work on music every day. But it's it's all about like having fun. Like it's what you do. Like you get out there and you have fun. You well, know because what I, mean? I think we all can get into our our situations where we feel comfortable. Absolutely, you Absolutely. know. And 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 in the announcing world, though, it is it's just so tough because there's so many good guys. And also, and in rodeo announcing, like if a rodeo committee finds somebody they like, they hold on to them. They will be there till they. Die. They hold on to them. And, and, and the turnover rate of announcers is very low. Like, guys that have been in certain places have been there years. Think about Tallman in Fort Worth. Yeah. He's been there forever, right? And I don't see him going anywhere unless Bob retires. So, like, when they do a good job, they become the voice of that rodeo. Randy Corley in San Antonio. And I've said that before, how uh, rodeo announcers, a lot of time their voice is the soundtrack like yeah, that rodeo doesn't sound like that rodeo until you hear that voice without that person. Like Wayne right. Brooks when he was at Tucson, mm-hmm. he was at Tucson for a long time. When you heard Wayne start talking you knew in you were- Tucson, and you're sitting in there in Tucson at La, La Fiesta de yep. los Vaqueros, yep. the party in the desert. You know, I mean, the cowboy party in the desert. But once you heard his voice, you it knew. felt like we're in Tucson. You knew Denver with Boyd. You Denver know, with exactly, Boyd. Exact same way. And and I think that was one of the other things that deterred me from really pursuing him. 
And, and music music directors, there's not a high turnover rate either, but you get more opportunities. But it has blown up. The music deal overall in in rodeo has exploded. From when you and Handbone started and, and Benji, you know, being the... Oh. Benji being the godfather of rodeo Absolutely, sound. Yeah. Him like and Chuck, nowadays it's ridiculous. Him and Chuck were like the two big pioneers, right? Chuck Lopeman, Benji Bendeley. They were the two and I still think like I still think that they're the two best. Because I, I I learned a lot from Benji. I learned a lot from Chuck Lopeman. I learned a lot from Hambone, from Jill, from Richard. I had I you know, and I could count on one hand how many big dogs, big players there were at that time, and I'm I'm talking like I was in it, 2011. So was that your breakout year? Twelve, 2012 was. Yeah, I was 11. Yeah, 12 was, and I wouldn't necessarily say my breakout year, but I worked a buck and horse fraternity in Kellispell. You've been to Kellispell, right? At the Majestic, and Chad Nicholson was announcing Powder River was handling the production. So I kind of knew that if I did a good job there. I could maybe get a good word in with Lori, with Jill, with with Chad, and I did. Like I, I did a good job there, and and Chad had a talk with Lori, and they agreed, and they talked to Jill, and Jill was actually the first person to give me a handful of rodeos for him. So yeah, that that was like the first year I really quit my job, which was hard. Was that a big leap of faith? It was. It was. And it, at the time, I didn't have any kids, so it wasn't like a huge leap of faith. Um, but it was something that I needed to pursue, like, or otherwise I was going to kick myself in the ass. Right. So I did that that summer, that hand, those handful of rodeos for, for Powder River, and I learned a lot. Chad Nicholson was amazing with music. He he taught me a lot about music, about posting songs, about when to bring it in, when to bring it down. I mean, he taught he taught me a lot that summer. So it, it was really good for me. It was an eye-opener, if anything, you know, and Learned a lot that summer, and I just kind of carried it on. And a uh, good friend of mine, Richard Jones, Dick Jones. Rick jo- Richard Jones is everybody's friend. He, I don't know anybody in rodeo. Now, we talk about rodeo. It's a small world. Yeah. And usually everybody secretly talks shit on everybody. They do. Right? I've never heard anybody say a bad word about Richard Jones. And they won't because he's a, he's a genuine guy. He's a friend. He, yeah, that's what he says, right? He That guy, he's my friend. And he means it. Like in, yeah. And he taught... He taught me a lot, and him and Mark Stevenson at that time uh, were running basically all the PBRs, you know, from the the Premier Series down to the Velocity Tour. And he asked me one time if I wanted to go to Louisville, Kentucky, on like two days' notice. I'm like, shit, I'll go. Let's let's do it. And I bought my flight, and I re- <laughs> this is funny. I'll, I'll tell you how broke I was. I remember buying my flight, and it was like eight hundred bucks. I had like forty eight dollars left in my checking account <laughs> after I bought my flight. Some of my parents loaned me a couple, couple hundred, and I went to Louisville. How did that conversation go? Like, y'all ain't gonna believe this, but I'm going to a PBR to. Yeah, that that was exactly it. I I told my dad, and he he knew like the, the uh, the the chance that I was about to take, and they gave me a couple hundred, and I went to Louisville. It's the first time I had met Matt West and Matt Merritt, and I thought, this is cool. Like, I'm meeting these guys, and you know, like in the PBR, they're they're pretty big ball players, right? They were dicks. They Nuh-uh. were oh, they're both. No, they dicks. weren't. Here's what they did to Matt me. Matt Merritt is the nicest guy. Yeah, I've but ever he been was around. a douche when I first met him. And I love him. I love Matt to death. But he was an asshole the first time I met him. No way. Because when I met when I met Matt Merritt, he was like just as good as gold. I worked with the PBR in a 
uh, Moline, Illinois. Yeah, but he was were, there. Yeah, but you weren't a kid. Like, I was, shit, I think I was 21. Just turned 21. Right. So they sat me down in the hotel room like we're at, and they said, we don't know you. We don't know what you're capable of. Break out your laptop. Show us every song you're going to No play. shit. I went, what? They called you out beforehand. They sat me down. I, for- I, but in a way, I kind of think that's. Kind of gangsta. They're assholes. That's no, not, that's I don't know mean. if that's. I don't know if that's it's asshole. So mean. It's it, it's kind of like you know what you can play ball. Show us what you got. And that's so. I sat down, opened my laptop, and I would play a song, and they would go, "Nope, that one's shit. Don't play that." And I'm like, "Damn, that's a good song." And so they would say, "What else you got?" I'd play another one. Nope, that one sucks too. Don't play that one. They did that to me for almost two hours. Two hours, and they said every song that I played sucked. Are you for real? Like, did you for real? What, song, what songs was, did they say suck? Well, I don't. I played like everything. You know, I even went to my go-to. You shook me all night long, <laughs> and they said, "Fucking really?" Like, that were they were they sucked. being serious, or were they just trying to like hundred percent serious, hundred percent? And so this is the day before. I'm freaking crushed. Like I'm crushed. And and Matt actually faked a phone call to Richard and said. I don't know where you got this kid, but he's not going to do it. He's not good. And I went, fuck, man, this sucks. Like, I didn't even get a chance. Justin, I was so crushed, I called my dad. I said, Dad, they don't like me. They don't like my music. I don't know if I got what it takes. Ah, that that blows my mind. And my dad just gave me the good old dad advice. He said, "Uh, son, don't worry about it. When you get back, I'm sure you can get your job back at the auto clinic. You got a hot girlfriend back here. Don't worry about it. Just try your best. And I went, yeah, I'm just going to try my best. So the whole day, the whole day, they let me believe this. Up till the next day, right before we started the So they perf, were fucking with you the whole time? The whole time. No and way. right before the perf started, like the hot videos playing. So we're coming out of the anthem, hot videos playing. We're about to go into the first section. And Matt West looks at me and he goes, hey, buddy, how you doing? And I said, not good, man. Like... You guys don't like me. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to be my friend. And he said, just play some of that good shit you played yesterday. And I went, they were fucking with me. And I went, you dick. No <sighs> way. Yeah. But anyway, that was my first That was my first PBR. So. Well, so the PBR, like you've been instrumental with the PBR. And, and you're making, you know, doing a lot of stuff with the Pro Rodeo. But the PBR definitely has been... You're kind of bread and butter for a long time. and It was. It was because uh, the PBR came at a time in my career, Justin, when I didn't have any rodeos. Like, I didn't have any rodeos and nobody was calling. So, like. Did you put yourself out there? Like, No, I, I really didn't. And I think that's where I made. Man, well, I don't say. I don't think it was a mistake. But I just, I just didn't really pursue it like I should have. I didn't go to Vegas during the NFR to shake hands and meet people. I, I didn't do that. I just got on with the PBR, and they gave me opportunity and taught me a lot about production. And then I just kind of slowly started picking up rodeos and doing more rodeos. And who was your who's your main like pro rodeo stock contractor guy? Like starting off, uh, man, that's that's weird. So I, I I don't know. I did I did quite a few. I mean, three or four little ones in Montana. And I was still doing some PBRs. And then I got the American six years ago, six years ago. And the American was like a a pretty big breakout for me. And I met a lot of people at the American, did a good job at the American. And then I got, it just kind of happened quickly. And then I got San Antonio. 
Then I got Deadwood. Then I picked up Kalispell. And then Rapid City, the Extreme Bronc Finals. And I just kind of, it's just weird how it happened. It kind of dominoed pretty quickly. I feel, I feel like sometimes that's how it happens. Because that's how it happened with me. Like when shit started happening, all of a sudden, bam. Yeah. It happened. I think uh, with the explosion in the music industry for rodeos and events like that, people don't understand when they start off how different people get into it. Because I've heard bullfighters be like, man, it must be nice to be Cody Webster. Cody Webster started off at the bottom. Yeah, nine years old, right? He yep. started off loading yep. kind of at Cattle in Yuma, Colorado. Yeah. Or I've heard him talk to... <laughs> Almost broke this chair. <laughs> heard him talk to Hambone, you know, must be nice. Hambone's going, well, Hambone started off running... You know, running the uh, Tynovan Inn in Houston. Right, right. So I don't think anybody ever just starts off directly at the top. But no, no. people so many times... Think that you do. Think that you do. Yeah. And, and everybody that gets into this industry, whether it's an announcer, a clown, a music director, a bullfighter, as soon as they get in, they just want to be at the top because they see all the top guys. But they don't see those times that we overnight drove and had to sleep in our cars and working for 150 bucks a per. For... I'm gonna I'm gonna call Matt Merritt right now. Hold yeah, on. call him. And you ask him. Hey, Rump. Hey, Matt. Uh, you're on Rump Chat right now. I'm kind of pissed off at you. Oh, let's go. What's can, up, man? Can you talk for a minute? Yeah. What's up, buddy? So we were talking about Brad Narducci's. Um, role getting into the PBR, and he said you were really, really mean to him. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, first of all, um, I physically abused him. Are we recording this? What? Yeah, yeah you're are. recording right now. I didn't oh, tell no, him that part. I didn't do anything wrong. Tell the truth. Tell so yeah. He said that you I and Matt West too. were I, assholes I, at first. A little bit. Matt West was probably a lot meaner than me, but yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he was. What, he was. What, what was your it first was thought? Was when you first met Brad, what did you think? I think I don't know what kind of time I'm into, but Babe Ruth's kind of nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I told him how you guys made me show you all the songs I was going to play. Yeah, we did. We had him show us all the songs that we wanted him to play, and then he would play one, and we'd be like, "Yeah, I don't think that's going to work." That's such an that asshole is. move, Matt. I've been defending you. The whole time, like, Matt Merritt didn't do that. And he's like, no, he did. Rum said, he he wouldn't do that. I know Matt. He, he's not like that. Every now and then, you got you to gotta live outside of your character. Did you have Did you have to, like, try to fight back a smile while you're telling Brad he sucks? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really good at that stuff either. I'm, it was... It was hard to be mean it, to it him. Was, it was more... Again, I wasn't probably... I don't know how well Brad remembers it. I, I mean... I really don't remember it all that well, but I'm sure I wasn't, you know, the meanest of the two people there. Well, I was probably, I, I, I was probably just kind of lay with dogs. You get fleas. Yeah, what, what you said to me stuck with me forever, though. First, you said, "I don't know if you can do this." Not only because you're not good at music, but you're fat and you can't read good. <laughs> Did you was, say that? And that was hurtful. Yeah. I, no, I was, didn't. What I did when I said it, though, is I looked at his eyebrows instead of in his eyes because I knew it was a lie. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't mean it. <laughs> Told you. God, it's a rough group. Told you. It's a no, rough group. No, I didn't do that. That's a lie. I didn't do that. I don't know. Brad's not laughing or smiling to. right now. 
it it, um, it, it helped make me better, man. And uh, you know, for that, I'll be forever, forever grateful. Well, I mean, not not every day can you get on the field with Babe Ruth, and I That's did right. it. <laughs> he says I look like Babe Ruth. I kind of do. You ever looked at a picture of Babe Ruth? I really haven't. I I know who Babe Ruth is through the movie. Um, the Sandlot. We have similar diets. Did you just literally say, I know who Babe Ruth is, and your reference was through the movie? Yeah. Not, I, you didn't say baseball. I'm not a baseball <laughs> fan. I'm. What do they call him on that movie? Uh, remember on The Sandlot? Rump you're, rump, you're fat, and you can't read good. The Great Bambino. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. He's uh, got more <laughs> hair than Brad. Brad's showing a, a picture right now. Got a big nose. Like <laughs> we can both smell pretty good. Yeah. Has, you said smell? I don't know. I don't think that, that Babe Ruth looks anything like Brad. I do. I think he's my, he has, might be my grandpa. Has Brad ever messed up any of your clown stuff? Really, no, he hasn't. He's See? actually always made me better. Thanks, Matt. After the yeah. other mean the mean things he said, he's trying to like recoup right now. <laughs> he's done a really good job of... Uh, talking to me in my ear too with the ear monitor and he spots something cool or maybe a little one-liner or something he feeds me a lot i think that is very important in this day and age so the last event that we were at together matt you gave uh the fan of the night to like a 96 year old woman and she looked exactly mm-hmm. like the lady off a wedding singer who teaches a hip hop yeah she's, hip into she's, the hip get, into the... she's getting the piano lessons from, right uh, with what's his name uh in the movie i forget anyway um and I told Matt in his ear, I said, hey, ask her if she's still paying the wedding singer in meatballs. <laughs> he, he started laughing, but he didn't. He didn't. Oh, that's a good part of that movie. That's oh, a great movie. Well, Matt, we'll let you go. I just want to make sure you were nice to Brad. Okay, yeah, I usually am. I don't know. I don't know how how, how well he remembers everything, but I might have picked on him a little, a little hazing, but not, nothing too much. It wasn't bad. Mm-mm. I mean, through extensive therapy processes i've gotten over it like it's it's fine oh well matt good to talk to you we'll holler at you later buddy same here guys you bet, bye. Bye. i told you i told you i just was double checking on it he was mean but matt is a that like that whole group you guys have got a pretty good group and i know uh i've said it on here before there's always the people that think there's like this huge division in the PBR. Why do you think PRCA. that is? Why I have. Why do, I think it's because of social from? media. You think social media? I think social media because I've never felt it personally. And here's here's uh, yeah. But it, there it, is like you you've been on both sides of the fence. Yeah. Heavy. Right. You know because you are a PBR guy and and plus you got a ton of pro rodeo so you get to you probably have the biggest crossover of. PBR and yeah, pro. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I probably am the only guy that is able to do some some pretty big bull ridings but some really really good rodeos too and it's it's been tough i've been called like the pbr guy you know like and that's what's that make you feel when someone says oh well, he's a pbr guy it kind of it well i take it as a compliment because there's not a lot of people that can do what i do right like no other music director switches between pro rodeo and pbr there, there's just not one right you know um it, it used to kind of make me hurt because it it, it at some level you got to think about this justin like the PBR started because of rodeo, right? Like we, we, the PBR wouldn't be where it's at if there wasn't rodeo. Then how? Okay, here's my only thing. Then how come sometimes the PBR goes, "This ain't a rodeo; it's the PBR." I think that was I don't know. Yeah, and they—that's the only thing that's really frustrated me. No, I agree. I agree. I I don't know. 
I don't know. And and to get back to what you asked, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And I think sometimes people just say that out of jealousy because shit, I don't know, to be honest with you. But No, I mean people people hate people that do good. Yeah, they do. They do. And I've and I've learned a ton from the PBR and I've learned a ton from Pro Rodeo and I think that between doing both, it's it's obviously made me better at either, you know. Um I really enjoy rodeo. What's what's do you think is the biggest difference? Like, because I, I this is an honest question because yeah. I've never had music, but when you go to a rodeo versus going to a, a bull riding, mm-hmm. biggest difference? The pace, the pace is a lot different. Uh, at a rodeo, take San Antonio for instance, it it cracks off right, so you're you're constantly rolling. In the PBR, we have a little more time. One because we have Brazilians. That's that's a joke, you know, because yeah. it takes a long time. But no, they have Brazilian um, waxes. They all get their buttholes waxed. How many's a Brazilian? Um, <laughs> so there, there's a little more time. There's a little more time to play with the crowd. There's a little more time to play with Flint. Uh, there's just a little more time. In rodeos, it's like you better be cracking. You better yeah. be rolling. So I I notice it in San Antonio because it takes me a couple purse to get uh, acquainted to the pace to get accustomed to the pace. It's it's definitely the pace. Right. I don't think my music library changes that much because I play a lot of stuff at rodeos that I play a lot of stuff at bull ridings. Um, but it's it's definitely the pace. Rodeo's just a lot faster. Right. A lot faster. Well, when you're switching events. Yeah, and that's why, man, I look up, when I think about rodeos and I look up to guys like Benji and Hambone because they're so fast, right? They're so quick on the gun. You could have something funny happening that you're working on, and you might have one second to add to that comedy. And if you miss it, it's it's ir- it's irrelevant yeah. after a second. And those guys are just fast, just lightning. Yeah, and you know the the sound man has became so much more than a sound man. Right. I mean, just in in my day, I'm 41. When you think about it, 20 years ago, the sound man wasn't a part of the production. No. No, it it was usually the announcer, the announcer's wife playing on shit mini discs. Yeah, you know I I'm I'm so I'm so happy that this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Um, you know when anything that we do in rodeo or if you look at the the people that follow Rump Chat, the truck drivers, the ranchers, the farmers, the uh, all just all the the workers, the day to day workers that. Tune in for Rump Chat. You know, we're all supposed to be these macho men that, you know, don't give a shit about nothing. But I tell you what, I just can't tell you how important your mental health is. And and it's actually something that I've been trying to work on uh, personally, you know, just trying to take care of my mental state. Because it don't matter how tough you are, how strong you are, uh, your ability to put up with anything. I mean, you got to take care of your mental health. And I feel like that so many times that we don't do that um enough especially when you know me i i'm doing better with it because you know when all the haters want to write me shitty emails and all that well uh it's it's been a lot better with the better help honestly and uh you know honestly anybody out there okay if you if you need something mentally if you need uh to talk to somebody please get a hold of my friends 
at BetterHelp. You can discover your potential with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash RumpChat today to get 10% off your first month. And that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RumpChat. So don't let this go by the wayside. Reach out to BetterHelp and and be the best you. Uh, I'm using it. I love it. Get 10% off today. So be sure to check them out at BetterHelp.com. That's H-E-L-P for all you people out there. Check it out. So, I mean, it, it's it's evolved, but in our business, we have to evolve. Have to. Because uh, I beat my head on the wall about people when they, especially during the NFR, and everybody knows that listens around chat. Now I complain about people that bit God. I tell you what, they need to turn that music down. But they, you know, just I, yeah. people hate music guys. Except for here's the deal: last year at San Antonio, twenty two performances. Uh, Cody Davenport, our boss, right? I asked him. I said, "How many complaints do you get from the in house people?" None. Right. None. Yeah. It's- the comments come from people watching it on Cowboy Channel. And I think and don't like oh, they don't need to play rock and roll music at a rodeo. Should we go down that rabbit hole? Because I'll fucking climb down there. No, with I you. just I just want to I want to discuss it because uh, the thing is I don't want to bitch about things, but also it pisses me off when people are like, "Well, they don't need to play rap music at a rodeo." Yeah, we're, we're trying to attract different crowds. You know, like we are. And, and we can't stay with you. Can't do the same thing. Look at it. Look at the NBA. Do you think the NBA games are the same as when Larry Bird played? No. Not at all. Not at all. It it has to evolve because if we can't grow this fan base, eventually the fan base that we have that's existing is going to get old and die, right? right? And if I we, think that's one thing the PBR has really excelled in is trying to keep the next round of of bull riding rodeo fans involved. So if you look at like the average uh, fan age of a PBR event, it's 18 to 35. That's a young base, right? It's really good. You know what pro rodeo is? <laughs> You can just guess. 55 to And you're 85. right. And you're right. And you're right. And, like, if, I, if I'm 55, honestly, I understand what they're saying about rock and roll, about music. But I'm not. And we're not playing that shit for those people. You know, like, we're playing it for the majority. And if the majority's having fun, we're doing our job, you know. And, yeah. and those, uh, you know how it is with those Cowboy Channel comments. They used to piss me off. They'd make me sad. I, I'm getting they don't, better about those, but I left that group because I just don't. I just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, I care. Obviously, I care about the job I do, but I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Like, and I'm not. I'm not going to waste my time. It used to keep me up at night. And I used to be sad. It, it, me too. Like, I almost had to go <sighs> to therapy because I was so beat down after the kiss cam in San Antonio. Oh my gosh! And and people would just they just don't understand that. That what you're seeing on TV does not reflect of how much fun we're having in-house. And and at the end of the day, your job and my job is not to entertain the people that are watching on the couch. Right. We care about the, the 10,000 or however many people, wherever we're at. Those are the people that we care about. When we had uh, 20,000 people in San Antonio, and Stetson Wright got a re-ride. Oh, my gosh. In the short round. Yeah. And then he got another re-ride. Right. By the time he got his third bowl, I thought that place was going to blow the roof completely off. So after after that third one, I said, if he rides him, we just have to open the gates and let these fucking people lift him up and serve him around. You know, like oh my god, it was an nobody. Experience. Nobody was sitting down. Everybody was standing, and they could give a shit less of what I was playing, what Randy was saying, what Wayne was saying, what you were doing. Nobody cared. Like they cared about the moment, right? And and I think like 
I live for those moments, and so do you, and that's what makes us fans of the sport because at yeah. the end of the day, we're fans. Like, Well, and that's what I was thinking about last night. So last night we go to, after the Bronx Futurity here in Gillette, which was awesome, we go to B-Dubs, and uh, we're with Will Rasmussen and and, um, and Brad, and they got a, Albany PBRs on TV, which Brad's seen a million bull ridings. He's been a part of a million bull rides. He's done it all. And he says to the waitress, hey, what about putting that over here so we can watch it? Yeah. And I thought to myself last night, I was like, you know what? That's pretty damn cool that a guy who's so involved still is a fan enough to want to watch it while we're eating dinner. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think a lot of that too is like for us is like we get to have good relationships and friendships with all the people involved. Like look at Cody Webster and Bo Sheets and and Lucas Toledo, you know, fighting bullets. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Teodoro. But yeah. Teodoro, it's whatever. It's but, Brazilian. But, you know, and Boudreaux Campbell and Cord McCoy having bulls there. You know, I went to high school radios with Cord McCoy, yeah. McCoy my whole life. So, you know, like you're a fan. And, and I don't know. I think the people that write those shitty messages don't understand that the sound man, the clown, or entertainer, we're not against the event. Absolutely not. We want to make Absolutely. it better, and we love the people in it. Absolutely not. That's that's why I say at that moment in in San Antonio, they didn't care what you and I and, or anybody was doing. They cared about that moment. And it was if he would have rode that bull. Oh shit! Oh my god! It wasn't that? I mean, and I've been around some pretty big moments, but that was the. What coo- was your, what's your like top five biggest moments? I think I cost Hunter Ream a million dollars at the American. <sighs> When his horse walked forward and everybody... I think that was my fault. No, and, and I'll just, no way. So everybody... Okay, I'll break it down for you. So Okay, I'm going to go pee and you talk about it. Hunter Reams going for a million and he's in the box. He's ready. He's got to be like six... I don't even remember the number, but he's got he's to beat it. So he ropes his calf, ties his calf down, and he beats it by like three or four one-hundredths of a second, like by, by quite a bit. And as soon as he ties and throws his hands in the air, I, I sold it. I come in with something that was just loud and jamming. I, I don't remember what it was. But as soon as, in, in the way they have the sound system there at AT&T Stadium, they had two big line array stacks literally like right above him. So when the bass hit, I saw his horse take off. But people, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure I shouldn't even be saying this in public, they said it was a sky cam that came down for a shot of him that scared the horse, but I really think it was my music, which is, I mean, that's, that's a tough weight to bear. And I, I think about that all the time, and I feel bad about that. But um, I'm going to go with the sky cam, the sky cam problem. They, they blamed it on the sky cam, but I... I, I, don't, I don't agree uh, with that. I don't know, Justin. I don't agree with that. He was right below the line array stack of speakers, and when the bass hit, the horse ran. But what are you gonna do? Like, I'm ashamed. I've wanted to talk to Hunter. Um, he and, handled that classier and shit. Very classy. Holy yeah, I think shit. I think that almost made him a celebrity overnight. Honestly, yeah. The I way mean, he handled that, he didn't get pissed off. He didn't throw shit down. He walked back and he pet his horse. He did. He did it like a like a which man. I think is good for rodeo. Yeah, I just oh man, it, it's just coincidental, I guess maybe uh, of when the 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 bass hit in that song that I was playing. Yeah, it's not like you're sitting there going, oh, I'm going to get this some bitch now. I'm going to cost him a million. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of a million, how about R.C. Landingham winning a million dollars? I'm so I, – I called that. At, not like – I hate to say I called it. But you did. I wanted to. I, I called it at uh, 
at the NFR this year. I wanted RC to win. RC's an amazing dude. Good guy. And um, with the WCRA, what they've got to do, he got to win that at Fort Worth three days or four days when he got on, four days after the NFR. Downtown Coliseum. He won that in a matter of, you think about this, two bareback rides in Corpus Christi, two bareback rides in Salt Lake City, and six rides. Six rides worth a million. He he earned like he earned the shit out of that. So badass. I heard somebody on there. <laughs> Must be nice to ride a few buckhorns for a million. He's been doing this his whole life. His, his whole life. His life has been dedicated. Yeah. You know to get to that spot. But yeah, I mean, in the PBR, uh, this is my other pet peeve. Go ahead. PBR don't care about rodeo. The PBR is trying to put rodeos on with the WCRA. Yeah. The PBR is not against rodeo. Not not not. Not one bit. Do you ever, Not one bit. Do, do they ever talk about like PBRs? Like, do, do you know? Do they ever say anything to you guys about well, the pro rodeo guys or this or that or? No, I mean uh, Sean Gleason, our our CEO, he he encourages it, and so does Dan Hickman and and Richard, who's my immediate boss. Like they encourage it, like they know Cody Webster. That's what works. I think. I I feel like there's a lot. I I don't know where the false narrative of the PRCA versus PBR. All of them, all of them go. <laughs> Frank Newsom fought at the NFR. Cody Webster's done what? How many NFRs? Mm-hmm. Nate Justice fights bulls there. Dusty Tuckness fights bulls there. Like oh, sheets. Yeah, Bo. I mean, the only one that's not allowed off that leash is Flint, and I can understand that because that. I mean, that was made years and years ago. Flint is a national treasure. <sighs> that guy. I and you know that's what I said when I did that boomerang. Or not boomerang. What was that show? Not boomerang. It was uh, bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah, for uh, Jeff Metters. I said on there, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it was really good. I said, you know what? There's nobody better than Flint. I said I've won Clown of the Years, uh, Buckles, but it's not because of my talent. It's because there's no Flint. I said if Flint stayed in pro rodeo, I'd have never won one, and I mean that. That's cool. I, yeah. I've had some haters. He loves you. I, he, he's he's a great guy. I've had haters like message me. It's funny. Like, heard you say Flint's the best. You damn sure is. As long as you know it. Oh wow. Man, well, I'm, I'm agreeing with that. Like, yeah. and you know what I like about Flint is he is just he wants everybody to win. He does. He does. He care. He cares a lot, and he loves rodeo. Like he loves rodeo. I would like to see Flint make a rodeo return. I, I mean, it would cost me a shitload of jobs. But I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not saying like that. That's not a possibility, but yeah, there. Because I I don't know how long. I, what do you think? Does anybody ask you how long you're going to do this, or what's your longevity? Or all the time, all the time. See, I never would have thought. I get that as a rodeo clown. Yeah. How long are you going to do this? What What's your backup plan? What are you going to do? Right. Like what kind of what the fuck kind of question is that? When you start, like if you're a banker, do you think anybody goes, "Hey, man, you work in the bank?" Yeah. Oh yeah. How long are you going to do that? How long are you in the bank? Right. No shit. So people say that to Salman too. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. My, my, bless her heart. My grandma, she thinks I'm a DJ, <laughs> and I guess I am. Uh, like I guess I mean, in a weird, different way. But like when she tells her friends, like, "Oh yeah, Brad's Brad's a DJ," so they're thinking I'm some go DJ college dropout that works at the club, you know. But yeah, it's 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 funny. It's funny like that. I mean, I don't. Music's one of those things where I think it is a young man's game. And what I mean by that is I think that the younger guys are going to be more intuitive with music that's today versus Well, can, 80s, uh, 90s. without kissing your ass, but the one thing that I 
think that's so cool that you, Hambone, do, and I watch you both do it, is in the mornings you get up and you are on your computers with trying to mix new tracks. Every day. I mean, you're not just like, and I've seen Bone do it for hours. I've seen you do it for hours. You guys are not just like, okay, I've got my sound set. Right. Like you're always searching for the next hot beat. Every day. And, And it's like probably what you do is some of the shit that we'll find or some of the shit that Bone will find or anybody. It doesn't always work, no, but, like, you have to be willing to try some shit, right? You know, like, you can't set a new standard unless you try. Right. You have to try. Do you ever and put out a beat and somebody steals it and you get all pissed off about it? It happens all the time. Oh, my gosh. So that's the other... the other. Because you can't copyright other, your beats. The other bitch... Well, there's a such thing as intellectual, intellectual patent. Did I say... Is it intellectual? Intellectual properties? Yeah. So, like... If I have an idea and I try an idea and it works, and then you're watching the Cowboy Channel and it's some rodeo somewhere, and you go, "Fuck, that was that was my idea," and it happens, it happens so often, so often. So that's why, like, if you look at guys that have been around a long time, Hambone, Benji, Jill, Richard, any of those guys, Chuck Lopeman, it was harder back then because there wasn't Shazam and there wasn't the ability to watch these performances on TV where they take the arena feed and they have music in there where if I'm a half-ass music director, I can just sit there and Shazam and have all these tracks and have the same playlist. Like, it's it's hard, but well, here they can do that all they want, but you know what they don't have? They don't have my personality. They don't have our personalities. I've said that for years yeah. because... I get my shit stolen nonstop. Oh, my gosh. And the thing about it is, if I take Joe Blow off the corner, yeah, never clown a rodeo, mm-hmm. and I give him my earpiece, and I say, I'm going to tell you everything to say and do. If he's not funny, he can't pull it off. He can't deliver it like you. The, the, one of my biggest pet peeves for sound men is when people go, well, they're just sitting behind a laptop. That pisses me that off. That makes me mad because it is very laborious. Well, the the well the thing about it is, it's like you can't teach, you can't show somebody I can timing. Give, I can give somebody my entire library. I can give them. A Has laptop. anybody ever asked for your entire library? I built a couple laptops for people when I was hurting for money. Really? Yeah. Did like it pay that. good to do that? I think I charged like twenty five hundred or three thousand. Oh shit! That's yeah. cheap though. That is cheap. That is cheap. That's considering a couple the perfs. You know, 30,000 songs or whatever, however many songs, but yeah. Um, I can give somebody my entire laptop. I could take Hambone's laptop and be really, really shitty because I don't know where his stuff is. I might have the timing, but I don't know where his stuff is. And that's like if I give them all my shit, they're going to have it at their disposal, but they're not going to be able to do with it what I do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's upsetting that people steal your stuff. Yeah. It, it is. It and it, it is. And I like I I've stolen jokes from people. Jokes are one of those. I call them. Be like, hey, is it cool if I do this? Or, yeah. but I I would never steal somebody's act outright. Like after the first year I worked, do uh, people San do Antonio, that? Do, do guys steal acts? Oh my god! I have I can count probably thirty people doing my Spider Man act right now. No shit. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, it just it's just nuts. You probably didn't see it, but you had a TikTok. Of you doing oh, the I've Spider-Man. had nine million da- uh, a shitload of views. Yeah, shitload of views off and the, the fat Spider Man. And the comments were hilarious. People were like, "Holy shit, that's funny." Yeah, you know, no one it, was no one was mad about that. And it works for you because of 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 you. Like you make that act work. If if a yeah. skin, and I'm not knocking you because I'm chubby too. So I'm 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 all for the chubby guys. 
But if a skinny guy tries it, it's not that funny. Right. It's not that yeah, you, funny. You gotta have the build for that. You have to. And the fact how you run and you like you're you're just cinematic with it, like you're you're a freaking great actor. Well the the hardest part about clown acts is coming up with new ones. Yeah. I can imagine. I wanna I wanna do new stuff, but it's getting so hard uh day to day. Not just the coming up with the acts, but like man, like people uh you know, if I if I ask everybody to rodeo to stand up, yeah, everybody get on your feet. If somebody falls down, when I say stand up, if they fall down the stairs because I say stand up, <laughs> I could be leg- legally liable. No way. Yeah. No shit. So I'm having to start. I'm uh, having to buy my own insurance now. That's ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's crazy. And plus, like, I'm not going to say the rodeo, but one of my winter rodeos, I've had a email about how we we can't say where's all the ladies at you're shitting me no wow. we can't say i can't say where's all the girls at where's all the ladies at because it's they, offensive they don't want to get into a deal where they have to that, because they're worried that the somebody could say well the clown was signifying that ladies are only ladies wow. if they have vaginas I mean, but that's, that's i mean we're in a fucked up place it is fucked up and so uh when i <laughs> i've had several ideas like Call me before and like, well, you know, we just we have to, you know, do this or that, or we have to, you know, double check and make sure this is okay. <laughs> so as a radio client, it's getting harder. It's which, so hard. Which uh, my not against you or Handbone or anybody, but sound guys got it going on because you can play uh, anything. But if I were to repeat the lyrics, oh, some of y'all songs in the arena, I would get yeah. canceled. Oh, bad. You bad. know, like when uh, when. When they play like uh, EI from <laughs> Nelly, I'm a yeah. sucker for cornrows and manicured toes. Yeah, that part I love oh. it when you make your knees touch your elbows. elbows. And, yeah. Like if I were to say some of the stuff that is in those song lyrics, if I were just to say them, I know yeah. in the arena, you would be canceled. Which is crazy because uh, I, I don't know if I've said out here before, but uh, my kids are youth rodeoing and uh, seven to nine. Barrel racing, mm-hmm. okay, seven to nine. Yeah. All right. It's always some dad with a his phone <laughs> plugged into the speaker. Okay, here we go. Girls, girls, girls. Oh, jeez. From Motley Crue, which is a whole song about strip clubs. Hey, here, I mean, here's how, not negligent, but I had no idea that the song Grease Lightning said the word pussy wagon. What? No idea. No, it does not. I swear to you. I was playing it somewhere. And Richard's the one who was like, um, not telling you your business, but that song says it does. Look up Grease Lightning. The chicks will cream, bam, bam, it'll be, it's a real. The chicks will cream? Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a bad song. It's a terrible song. I like the song. You've got to be kidding me. I swear to you. I remember the. <laughs> Look it up. The chicks will cream? Look it up. I promise. Okay, hold on. Here we go. I drive. Yeah? How about you? Well, me? Yeah. Well, what about duty? What? Hey, I was. That's what I thought. Now, come on, guys. This car could be a major piece of machinery. Do you know that? John Travolta. Well, this car could be systematic. Hydromatic. 
This was actually a pretty good movie. Why could be Grease Lightning? This, there's no way this is John Travolta singing. That is not John Travolta singing. It is. Listen, ready? Right here. Okay. Okay, hold on, hold on. They air humped when they said the chicks will cream. Dude, I'm telling you. Okay, watch this. Watch this. Get ready for the air hump. I, oh my god! So listen, a little further and it says Ready? Get off my rocks. Boom! Pussy wagon! Told you! You said pussy Told wagon! You. Told you! Holy shit! So here's the double standard. I never would have thought I they would have said pussy wagoning. My you. mom loves grease. I told you. And she hates she hates bad words. I know. And and then so if you look at the people on the Cowboy Channel who are 45, 55, 60 that write those comments could sing every freaking word of that song. Oh my god, I got to call my mom. She loves grease lightning. I to, dude, I told you. And I didn't I didn't know it. I used to play it and I'm like, oof, oof. Not good. It's a real pussy wagon. I got one of those. Actually, it's a station wagon. <laughs> My mom hates bad words. Hello. Hey, mom. Mom. Yes. Hi, you're on Rump Chat with me and Brad Narducci. Hi, mom. Hey. All um, right. Hey, you know how you uh, love the movie Grease Lightning? <laughs> I loved it. You love Grease Lightning. You thought it was a good movie, didn't you? When when I watched it with you. Grease Lightning with John Travolta. You remember that movie, right, Mom? Was this Grease? Yeah, Grease. Right, Grease. Yeah. Do you know that they say the word pussy wagon in that song? No, I did not. They say a real pussy wagon in Grease Lightning. Justin, how did you figure that out? I, I just I, looked I, I, it I up. Told, yeah, I told him. Sorry. I never knew that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have liked it then. I don't think that's right. I swear. You showed me that movie when I was 12 years old, Mom. <laughs> Justin, I think I took you to the theater to watch it. You oh, did. God. It was such a good movie, but... Everybody, I, everybody watched it. It's awesome. It's a, it's a great movie. In the, in the movie. song, if you look up the lyrics, there's naughty words in there. I was telling Brad, really? my mom... Brad told me that there was naughty words. I said, Brad, my mom would have not let me watch that movie if it had naughty words. I would have not. I would have not, and I'm sorry, Justin... That's where I might have gone wrong. That's where. <laughs> okay, mom, I love you. <laughs> love you too. Call you back. My mom had no clue. It said pussy wagon. She is like heading to church right now. To... Oh, <laughs> that that's gonna ruin her evening. Man, I shouldn't have called sucks. her. That sucks. I know. Has anybody but... else called on, on any sketch, sketchy lyrics? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I helped Kurt Blake uh, 
put together some songs and he does the the PBR at Denver. So I put I put them together for Kurt, and he said all this stuff's clean, right? And I said, yeah, you're good. I forgot about one song that I use as a ride song, like when the bull's out in the arena, and the first lyrics are motherfucker. Uh uh-uh. uh. Kurt played it and and he texted me right away and he said, who plays that? Well, I mean, I do. It's it's a good song. It's it's like nine seconds into the song. You have a deleted like you. Didn't well, have... no, I know to switch the song, right? Like I know to switch. Yeah, because if um, you if you're rocking the tunes, you know. Uh, I know when to go, but Kurt Kurt didn't know, and he said, "Yeah, they're all clean, huh? Thanks a lot." And I was like, "Ooh, shit, my bad." What do you do? You know what happens though when somebody gets offended? Nothing. Nothing. Well, here's another one. Um, so that's that's one thing like if you really listen to most lyrics and it doesn't even like country music lyrics me and bone are talking about we want to do a show just with seductive oh my god kind of shitty yeah yeah you know like do you love as good as you look judging by your or does your body do the things that you're oh, dude, they're they're all dirty they're all dirty this is the ultimate bull riding song right it's gotta be so what about in this song where it said she told me to come but I was already there I always thought he said so I just came in her hair no <laughs> yeah it, it's I mean is this offensive I know she was a fast, she was a fast machine. machine she kept she kept her motor clean you know what that means she what? shaved <laughs> does right? it really or was it waxed I don't know that's what I'm asking I think when yeah, she keeps her motor clean. What is motor slang for? I think that's got to be vagina. It's got to be vagina. But this plays at youth rodeos. Okay, we're going to keep going. Youth rodeos. She knocking me out with those American thighs. She had good thighs. So how could you be knocked out unless your head is between the thighs? Oh, my gosh. It's all coming together so clearly. Think about what just happened. Like, had her motor clean, knocking me out with those American thighs. He he was down there inspecting the motor. Had me fighting for air. You're so, so right. How, how come that song is okay to play at rodeos? So, but if know. I were to say in the arena, over the mic, man, look at, oh, Justin, what's going on? Look at the girl in the front row. She's a fast machine. She keeps her motor clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we got a gal in the front wow, row that has a clean motor. Jack it out. I would be in so much trouble. Oh I would my be gosh, canceled. You're so right. Like, how come sound men get away with shit? I don't know, but after this podcast, we're probably going to have to go to fucking instrumentals. <laughs> <laughs> but watch tonight in Gillette. I'll play that song. Nobody's going to care in Gillette Wilding. I know, they're all drunk. Do you feel like that in different areas, different shit works? Of course, of course. Like, if you go to a PBR in Anaheim versus you go to one in North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota's tough. They all well, just kind of sit there. Well, I mean, just different different, Different demographic, yeah, people don't. Do you have do you have different sound sheets for different areas? No, I probably should, but I kind of know where I'm at. Right. You know, like so. What's what? What would you do different? Because like I feel like at the Buck and Ball, it's a rowdy, wild, get in your face crowd. Yeah, we're gonna party. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go to him. We're gonna party. Right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw shit at him that I know is gonna work. I've been here before, so I know that this place 
has always been one of those crowds that no matter what you do, you can't miss. And that's what's – those are the fun ones. Right. When you can't miss, those are the fun ones. And I've always, I've always had this approach to music where I'm going to play from the seats. And Richard taught me that where I'm going to play something for a nine-year-old girl. I'm going to play something that uh, the guy with the mullet's got a freaking Motley Crue T-shirt like – I'm gonna go to the people, man. Like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with the people. And on New Year's Eve, I feel like this this crowd might really be. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hey, you know what we should do right now? What? Before we let's call and see if oh see if Chancey will uh, answer. I bet he will. Chancey Williams. He's playing tonight. He's been here twenty plus years at the Buck and Bowl. Okay, here we go. Oh God, I'm nervous. Hi, is this Chancey? What's up, Rumford? Chancy. What are you doing, buddy? Uh, you're alive on Rump Chat right now. What's up, Chancy? It's Brad. Hey. With with uh, Rump, Rump and Brad Narducci. What's up, Brad? What's up, buddy? How are you? What are you guys doing on Rump Chat episode today? We're Rump Chatting at the Holiday Inn in Gillette, Wyoming. Oh, the beautiful Holiday Inn in Gillette, Wyoming. You answered on the second ring. I'm so I'm going to give you the biggest hug tonight. You're the man. You know what? I answer because you're my friend. Oh, my God. Is that Chancey Williams? He's my friend. He's my friend. So, Chancey, tell us about the bucking ball 20 years in. How fucking cool is the after party? It's huge. This is my 18th time playing it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's started great. playing it right out of high school. And uh, awesome. only missed two years. So, I'm we're in, I guess. Everybody has told me that it's not the bucking ball unless Chancey's there. It's not. It's not. <laughs> well... It's kind of a hometown show because I'm from Warcroft, only 30 miles away. So get to see all my family and friends. And it's a party. There's usually like five or 6,000 people at the party afterwards. It's packed. It's, it's already packed. sold out right now, I heard. Yeah. So it's like the biggest New Year's event, you know, in the, in the country. So do you stay at home during yeah. the day or do you come over and like do like country music shit? We can't. We just got done doing sound check. And now I'm running back over to the ranch to drop a couple things off. And I'm coming back in a little bit. You got to feed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, somebody's got to feed these sheep. That's so awesome. Oh, yeah. what a, what's been your favorite memory from all the bucking balls? Twenty years of bucking balls. Well, the, it's the party's always awesome. I, I can't really remember any of the <laughs> good stories because they're all wild. But I think my favorite memory was when they lunatic. And Jesse Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesse shit. Bell, they retired lunatic. Jesse Bell won the bucking ball on, on her. It was badass. Damn right. On a, on him, I mean. Damn. That would be bad. It was cool. Chad, Chad Burt said man. he'd bring back lunatic fringe out of retirement. If I came back out of retirement for one last Bronx. No, do it. I forgot my Bronx it's out. It's funny you bring that yeah. up. I just got off the phone with Tyler Corrington. I said, you know, Tyler Corrington got on Blood Brother in the high school national finals when blood brother was a cold. And I said, told Tyler, I was like, dude, I seen Matt Birch last night. He said he's, he got blood brother gathered. It's a rematch. Tyler <laughs> Corrington and blood brother both out of retirement. I think, I think the blood brother would still win. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I told Tyler, don't worry. I think blood brother forgot how to buck. Did, uh, fine. did you ever go to the chicken roping? Oh yeah. I it seen, it was really fun. Tyler Corrington sent me a text message the other day of, Taos Muncie in a tank top that was the John Deere logo that said Chancey Williams and the Younger Brothers Band. Yes. Yeah. 
we went we went to tear down the day after uh new year's that year and we're like somebody stole some of our shirts we're like what the hell <laughs> the, the, the cowboy I mean, stole the we're shirts nice, we're nice people and then we go out the chicken roping and taos muncie and the sheets boy were wearing them in the chicken yes. room. like oh well yes. they can have them because they're our friends <laughs> but they look good Little girl tank tops on South Mountain. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Jancy, can we can we come on the bus after the concert? Hell, yeah, you can. Do we have to I'm wear wigs? i hide my rug so Rumford doesn't steal it or I, throw up on it. I hope I make it till midnight. Oh, shit. La- last time I was on your bus was in uh, was in Fort Worth at the PBR oh, yeah. finals. And I was wearing. That was a fun I, one. I forgot my, my cowboy hat, so Richard loaned me his. And so I'm wearing Richard's hat on Chancey's bus. And then we, we put the wigs on. Well, I left that hat on Chansey's bus, and Richard asked for it back, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know where it's at. I got a funny story about that hat. So Richard wears like a size 10 head. Huge. Hat, I think. A, I don't 10. Think it's a 10. I'm like, this is not going to fit anybody. So the next day we played over by Austin somewhere, and we uh, opened for Mitchell Tenpenny, and he's a Nashville guy, you know, kind of skinny jeans, super nice guy. He's like, man, we're playing the PBR tomorrow. I need a cowboy hat. I was like, how big a head you got? He's like, huge. I'm like. Ray Tom, go grab Richard's hat. You give Richard's hat away. <laughs> hey, no, tell then, Yeah, go ahead. And then it comes back around. I see Mitchell Tenpenny got married, and he wore he has that hat on in his wedding photos. I'm like, give him that hat. It's Richard. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious. I, I knew what I was doing all along. I hope I can make it to midnight tonight because oh, one God. thing I've learned from my very first buck and ball. So fucking old. These people have so much fun here. Oh, so what you should do is if you get sleep, you just come take a little cat nap on the bus, and then I'll wake you up for New Year's. I went to the Buck and Horse Futurity yesterday and made it till 9 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, we ate yeah dinner and we I, were out. I went to Calcutta and didn't see you there. I thought maybe you'd already went to bed. Oh, everybody started FaceTiming me. I'm like, I told Brad I'm got to get some rest. But, well, Chancey, we uh, we know you're going to have a good – I'm going to try to make it. I'm hoping I'm uh, alive. Um, you got it, man. Make it out. Let's have some – have some fun tonight. Awesome. We'll talk to you later, buddy. See you guys. See you, bud. Well, with that being said, you know, we're getting close to our 2 o'clock meeting. Oh, yeah, we are. So Shit. thank you for coming on today. My good buddy, a good friend to Rump Chat, a guy who's been on every rodeo podcast but had more fun today on Rump Chat than This has been else. the best. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank suck you. it, Matt West. Yeah, and, and Flint. Are you saying Clint? Uh, Clint Rasmussen. Clint Bassmussen. Clint Rasmussen. So thank you to all of our our great friends uh, out there. Red River Arenas, Pete Car Pro Rodeo, Rodeo Patch. Don't forget, do you shave your balls? I do. I use Manscaped. Manscaped. I use the, the code RUMPCHAT. RUMPCHAT20. And it's not just for your balls. It's for any part of your body. Uh, be sure to check them out. Um, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Me and Hambone going to be coming live from Denver. Uh Rump Chat Raw is coming at you. Jacob Edler, Raw number two. Damn right. So that's going to be some kind of crazy stuff coming up. But uh, just a great time here with Brad Narducci, one of the best sound men in, in pro rodeo on the PBR and a good friend to me and Hambone. And just uh, as Will Rasmus would say, one of the good guys. Oh, nice so guys. Until next year, Happy New Year, everybody. We out with the Scorpions. <laughs>